Hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm a compulsive eater and a bulimic. Hi. Um, I'm honored to be here. I uh, This was one of the very first meetings I walked into, and um, it's just amazing to me that I could ever be standing up here. So I'm very, I'm very happy to be here. Um, I, I guess I should start by saying that I'm, I really qualify. I mean, I, I could do a long, long list of descriptions when I first identify. I feel like I've had every part of this disease. Um, I've really done pretty much everything that I could think of with food. I've done every diet you have ever heard of, um, ones you probably haven't. I've done, um, I've had problems with exercise bulimia, bulimia, undereating, overeating, um, you name it, I've done it. So I, you know, that's sort of the full description. I got into program in July of 2006, and it saved my life. Um, it saved me in all areas of my life, and my life is completely different today. It's absolutely, like, beyond words. And not only with my food and my disease, but in, in my relationships and my life and my work, um, in the way, you know, I am. So I'm really, really grateful. Um, just to, I guess, start from the beginning, I grew up, was born into a very loving um, family, a really alcoholic, happy family, I would say. Um, and in my family, it was it was okay to drink to excess, and it was okay to do a lot of things. It was not okay to be fat. Um, it was all about upholding this outside image. You know, we're okay as long as we look good. You know, and it, things could be completely falling apart behind closed doors, but as long as it looked good, everything was okay. So my um, goal in life was to look good um, at all costs, not only physically, but in everything I did. It was about getting approval and achievement and accomplishment. Um, and I wanted desperately to please my father. Um, who is, you know, the, uh, an amazing human being. I love him dearly. Um, my family's just really affected by, you know, disease. And the thing is, alcohol just didn't work for me. But from the time I was tiny, food called to me. It was just, you know, I was one of those kids, like, I would sneak out when I was, you know, two years old and go downstairs and eat butter out of the refrigerator. And, you know, I would go to birthday parties. And there was, like, this, this place called Farrell's. It was, like, this ice cream place and all the kids would be in this room and we'd all leave and go to the next room to open presents and I would stay and go around and finish everybody else's dessert and um, that's just the way it was for me you know um, I didn't have any you know tools and um, people thought they, they joked that I had a tapeworm because people saw the way I ate and I, I didn't seem to gain weight you know so, so this was great for a while, you know, it worked, and I was very active, I was in sports, you know, I had to, I had to perform at every level, it was extremely important um, to me and to my family, and uh, so that really worked for a long time until I got, you know, into high school, um, in high school I remember I was playing on lots of sports teams and exercising a ton, um, and then I would just, I mean, I would be so obsessed with the food. There was these huge cookies that they sold at my high school. And, um, like, I got up in the morning to get those cookies. You know, it was just like I would put them in the microwave, and it would just – I I still have feelings about those cookies. You know? <laughs> so that's just – you know, I felt comfort. I felt like – I felt um, – 
okay, you know, when I was with food. And for a long time, I was able to kind of be a compulsive overeater and not have it show on my body. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a, people were, like, proud of it in my family because it was so important to look good. And, yeah, she can eat. And, well, it turns out, you know, that doesn't work forever. So um, when I get, got to college, um, I went to an abroad program, and it was in England. And um, the weather was was um, not conducive to exercise for me. And um, I had an eating buddy there, and we just had a great time. Um, and I didn't even realize that I was gaining weight, but my parents came to visit, and they were horrified. And, you know, in reality, I probably gained, like, 15 pounds. It wasn't like I was taking over the planet, but I, uh, they were not pleased, you know, and they made comments, and they, um, you know, like, it, it was just, it was not okay. So um, I was getting ready to go home after they came, and I just, I didn't eat for a week. I literally didn't eat for a week. And um, that was really the beginning of my, you know, all the different variants of the disease, which were, you know, like I said, bulimia, under-eating, exercise bulimia, um, you know. And um, it was, it was, when I came back from that trip, like, I just remember, you know, I remember being, the first time I ever um, threw up was on the plane on the way back from England. And um, I remember I hadn't eaten. Like, I hadn't eaten anything. It's really hard when you're on a plane. It's like you want to eat. So I ate something, and I was like, oh, God, I can't. Like, I can't eat this. And I went to the bathroom there, and I, you know, who knew that I would proceed to feel 50 times lower than that before I, I got better? But that was a low. Like, I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're in a bathroom in the, you know, airplane. And it was just, it didn't matter. It was like whatever I had to do um, to look a certain way. And so I, you know, continued pretty much. I went back to, you know, school. I graduated. Um, and I did the same thing. You know, I would I would just go from, like, extreme controlled eating, and then I'd lose it, and then I'd go off crazy, crazy, and then I'd start throwing up, or I'd start exercising. It, it was just this vicious cycle that ebbed and flowed um, for the next, I guess it was 12 years or so. And um, on the outside, my life continued to look great. Um, I continued to have outside evidence of happiness. Um, and I was just this lost little girl. Um, I, at one point, I guess, um, you know, I, I, there were things I did, I think, that were attempts to get people to notice. But in, in my family, there was so much other bigger, louder disease going on that it was not, you know, nobody really uh, paid much attention. And um, when, I guess it was about five, four years before I got into program, um, my we had an intervention for my brother, and um, which is funny because all the people like doing the intervention could have been in any number of programs. But um, <laughs> we had this intervention for my brother, and um, one of the things that the the counselor had said, you know, he would like us to do is to talk about something we're willing to do. And so I said that I was willing to go to Al-Anon because they told us to go to Al-Anon, which we never did. And I said that I would look at my issues with food. And for me, this was like 
over loudspeaker, like, to the universe, like, I have a problem. And nobody noticed. Like, nobody heard. Nobody cared. It was just, um, you know, it, that's just the kind of the way it was. And I'm not blaming. I mean, there was, like, a, someone else's intervention going on. It wasn't like I was the focus. But um, I just, uh, so I tried, like, in little ways. And after that, I went and I looked up Al-Anon meetings and OA meetings. Um, in LA, and I had no intention of going, but I looked at them, and um, so you know that was that, and I got very caught up in the drama with my brother and my family and other things that were going on that continue in full force today. Like there's zero change with that, um, but my disease continued to progress, and um, I guess I was 30, and it was. Every type of outside, you know, I had finally gotten to this point where I'd checked off every external thing that I wanted to show my my family and the world that I was okay. And I'd gotten this big job. I was in this relationship with this guy who was right on paper, you know, like everybody, he just fit in all the boxes. And... um you know, we had this house, like everything was just exactly the way it was supposed to be, only I was miserable. And when I first got this job, people would take me out for dinners to celebrate. And um, I wasn't there for those dinners. I would go to them, and I would eat, and I would be obsessed with what I was eating, and then it would be at some point, like, it would be the one, you know, like one bite too many or one dessert or whatever it was. And it was just, I was gone. I had to get out of there as quickly as possible and hit wherever I was going. And it was, I I did that for like three weeks nonstop, like literally going to these dinners that were for me, you know, to celebrate me. And here I am like in full, like I'd be up till three o'clock in the morning eating, purging, hating myself. And, um, you know, all these people thought like, I was, I had this great life, you know, and I was in this relationship with this guy who was not happy for me, um, and uh, it was not, it was a totally dysfunctional relationship, and um, that perfectly suited my disease, Um, and so that's really uh, where I was when I came in. I was absolutely, um, I got to the point where I knew that I needed help. I never told a soul. I never told a soul other than my little attempts at, like, you know, to, I, I never told anyone. And I thought that nobody knew. Um, so it was so odd. You know, when I look back, like, how many people have a range of size of clothing? You know, me, I, my closet was like, you know, I just was up and down and up and down and up and down depending on what was going on. And I always had an excuse or a story or whatever it was, you know. Um, but w- what happened was I went to... Um, I started going to yoga, which is something that was like I could calm, you know, I could calm down. And I started to want to go to yoga more than I wanted to escape with the food. And so I would try to, like, fit in, you know, um, some yoga. And um, I went on this yoga retreat, and there's all these people in recovery, all these people um, who were sober. And um, I was so overwhelmed like I went you know it was really unusual because it doesn't always work out that way but it was like a recovery it turned out to be sort of a semi-recovery thing because pretty much everyone there was in some type of 12-step program and I felt safe for the first time in my life you know I felt like okay nobody cares what I do nobody cares like about all these outside things that I always felt like defined me um and I just felt I felt safe 
And when I was there, that, like, Saturday night, I had this dream that a guy was confronted in the bathroom, and all these people were like, we know you're bulimic, we know what you've been doing, and I woke up like, oh my god, like, to me, the worst thing in the world, like, is that people could find out, like, who I really am. Um, You know, I'd always, I remember thinking, like, people would come into my office at work, and they'd be like, oh, you know, talking to me, I'd sit there and be like, they don't even know who they're talking to, like, they think I'm this person, but they have no idea what I do when I leave here. Um, So I had this dream, and um, someone told me, or the the guy doing the retreat said, you, you, I started talking about my brother, which was the first time I'd actually talked about my brother, and my dad, and, you know, the eight million other people who's, um, diseases, diseases also affected me, and he's like, you got to go to Al-Anon. Well, you know, the minute I got into Al-Anon, it was, um, and started getting honest, it was pretty clear that there was somewhere else I needed to go. And um, I cannot, like, if you would have told me, like, I tried everything, to, I tried everything in the world to stop, um, to stop it all, to stop throwing up, to stop compulsively eating, to, I did everything, and it was all, um, it all failed, and I had been so, like, disciplined in other areas of my life. I didn't understand, like, why can I not do this? And when I came in here, um, I don't know what happened. Like, I, God is in these rooms, you know, and I was totally, like, it's a freaking miracle, you know, um, my life sort of fell apart on the outside when I came into program, which is the best thing also that ever happened to me. Um, but I came in and I heard someone speak and um, she told like all these things that I would never have told. You know, she talked about just the, you know, her, like she talked about things that I had gone through that I had done that I was so ashamed of. And um, I walked up and I asked her to be my sponsor and she's my sponsor today um and I just followed direction for the first time in my life I listened to what someone else told me to do I didn't you know um try to do it my own way and it's it's just been an absolutely unbelievable journey um to start to, you know, just to come in here and to find, like, a new way to do my life. And I was blessed, like, with abstinence really quickly. And I don't know why, you know, everybody has a different experience. Um, I think I was so low and I was so dark. Like, here I, I, I just, when I came in, like, I didn't, I was the oldest 30-year-old on the planet. I had no, um... I just had no interest in anything, and I felt like I was, my life was ending. You know, I didn't feel like, you know, there was anything good. Um, and I think that that level of um, bottom is what helped me here, you know, more quickly. But I really don't know. I came in, and I was freaking willing. Like, I, I thought, like, I want to get married. I want to have a family someday. Like, how can I you know, be pregnant and doing what, I, you know, be doing what I'm doing in my body, like, how can I have all these things, and um, one day at a time, my life has changed completely. Um, when I first got in, my, you know, I, I, I think in the very beginning, I was like, okay, three meals a day, I'm going to do this, no throwing up, okay, and um, I totally restricted my food, totally restricted my food, and then I, three months later, I heard someone at a meeting talk about getting into program and using the program to restrict food. I was like, oh, 
And that's the thing about these rooms. It's like, I might not be able to hear it if you say, hey, Jen, you're totally restricting your food. I would tell you to go, you know, wherever. But if I hear someone talking about their own experience, I can hear it. You know, I can say, okay, that's me. You know, and then I had to learn how to, like, have a relationship um, with myself and with food. And that meant learning how to eat. And that I had no idea what a normal portion was. Like, I had no concept. And um, I had no full. I had no, there was just none of those feelings in my body. And it was a journey, you know. I, I gained, I don't even know what I gained because I haven't been on a, a scale since I got into program. But I went up four sizes. And for me, that was so freaking painful you know it was just like this is you know and and it was it was fantastic because when I it was at that point that I really surrendered and I was like God this is your body you know this is this is all belongs to you you know I am just going to um trust you and I had to every morning turn my body and my food over to God and um you know, so I, ga- I gained weight, and I started to learn how to eat. I had three massive meals that were so unpleasant, you know. And um, I just, I don't, you know, I kept doing it. I called my sponsor complaining every morning, like, none of my clothes fit, da-da-da-da. And she just kept saying, you know, like, your body is not your business. Your body is not your business. And I didn't have a healthy concept of what a body should look like. I just... My definition of healthy is another person's definition of sick. So um, I kept I kept coming, I kept sharing, and it was in you know my uh, least you know this body that I could hardly stand to be in that so many amazing things happened to me. Um, I fell in love with the man I'm now married to. Um, I had experience you know I got to experience that I'm not my body like I'm the spirit in me you know I'm God's in me it's not not what I look like on the outside um and at some point in the middle of my ninth step um my obsession with my body was lifted and when I first got in here I believed okay maybe I'll be abstinent at some point um but I never believed my obsession with with food and with my body would be lifted. And I got to tell you, like, I have been so blessed, but my life today is, like, my life, you know? I don't wake up like, oh, my God, what am I going to eat? What what about this? What about that? And I don't worry, like, if my pants fit differently one day than they did the other day. Like, that, for me, is a gigantic miracle, you know? That's how I defined my worth. Like, if my pants were too tight, I wasn't worthy to walk in the world with you. And, um... So that, you know, that lifted, and at some point, I went I went on a trip to South America with my now husband, and we were down there, and there's all these, like, beautiful women who don't, like, have, you know, the L.A. shape, and they were, so, I, I finally, like, got, this is, this is beautiful, like, these are, like, really beautiful women, and so many miracles, like, happened for me at that point, but anyway, at some point, I got busy with my life. My life started getting really big. I started sponsoring people. I started feeling okay in my skin. Um, and at some point, the weight fell away. You know, it just happened without me really noticing. And, um, you know, I, I today, like, it's not 
my priority in life. It just it just isn't. And as a bulimic, like I can't. I have to be very careful about you know restrictions. You know, I'm not someone who can say I can't eat X, Y, and Z because that just feeds this part of me that's not good. So for the most part, I don't. Sugar's not a big part of my life today. It doesn't. It's not great for me. It's not like on my abstinence list because. I don't know. I don't want to know where I'd go if that if it was. But um, you know, I you know the other thing I I guess I want to say is that I beyond the food, you know, beyond that part of my life, like this program has taught me how to be a human being and how to be someone I can be proud of and how to you know um, just these simple guidelines like. I always wanted things to be so complex, you know, and if I live by very simple principles, um, things make sense, and I've gotten to clean up so many messes in my life and act in a way I can feel, you know, I can feel proud of, and um, that's that's the stuff I ate over, you know. If I keep myself, if I, if I keep my side of the street clean, and if I, you know, act, if I'm of service, if I do the things that I know, um are good like I feel good I I'm not I'm I go to the food when I'm things are not working for me personally that's just what happens so when I'm you know showing up for people when I'm acting with integrity when I'm of service when I'm sponsoring people when I'm doing that that's when I get out of this crazy place and I get to be with people you know when I'm in self-obsession and I'm not showing up for people I'm not acting in a way that I can be proud of like, forget it. All I care about is my food and my body, and that's it. Um, and, you know, there have been periods where all of a sudden, like, I, in program where I feel like, okay, there's a li- this is a little funny. Like, there will just be something that kind of pops up. Like, I had this experience with jelly beans, which, like I said, you know, sugar's not on my absence list. So I'd have a few jelly beans every afternoon. And then I'd have a few more, and then I'd have a few more, and then I'd have a few more. And it was like this really this is not, you know, this is not good. And I get to be so honest, and it, it's almost always like there's something going on that I need to look at. And I've now come to be really grateful for this disease because it's like, you know, I get this wake-up call, you know, whenever I'm, like, sitting and looking at a menu and there's not enough food on the menu for me, I know that there's something going on. And, you know, I guess it's for me today, it's not about the food, you know. It's about how I walk through my life, um, it's about God and a relationship with God, and it's hu- hugely about being of service. Um, I'm so grateful to the people you know I, I sponsor who've asked me to sponsor them. It's just this absolute gift, um, and um, I was able to use my sponsor more once I start once I started sponsoring because I realized it was a gift. Um, and you know those are those are the things that for me have just taken me out of the insanity of my brain and the, you know, the self-obsession and and into my life and into relationships and into, you know, being with other people. Um, So I'm just really, really grateful to you guys for being here. And um, I think that's it. So... Thank you so much for your share. I was wondering, you shared a lot about your family making negative comments and stuff. Um, how do you deal with that today? I think that's the question was, um, 
I shared a lot about negative comments and in my family and, and um, how do I deal with those things today. Um, you know, those things today, it's not fun. Like, comments are just not fun. Um, but it's really, they aren't my business. Like, the way I deal with it is just, just not my business. Like, what, what someone else says or does or thinks of me is not my business. That's really hard because I want to be... I want to be accepted, you know, it's, I just want you to think I'm okay, and um, it's just not my business, and I try to bring God into it, and just remind, you know, I, I try to bring God into the whole situation, which is like, I'm not my body, you know, like today, I know I'm not my body, I'm just my, uh, this is a body on loan from God, so that's, you know. Thank you very much for your share. How did your relationship change with your family, and has the way you dealt with it changed? The question is, how did my relationship with my family change, and how has the relationship changed, and how I deal with them? I think I may have repeated that twice, but um, that's a good question. You know, um, when I told my family um, about this, I told them, and I think they've never mentioned it again. Um, they don't want to know this goes on. Like, they just don't want to know this part of me. Um, and today, that's okay. You know, today it's okay. I have a loving relationship with my family that's no longer conditioned on me having some kind of expectation of them being able to be this you know, be what I want them to be instead of who they are, which is really great people who gave me a lot. Um, so when I'm with, you know, when I'm with my parents and my extended family, my goal is to be of service and to just do everything I can to help. And that can mean like, you know, that saved me a lot. Um, just to simply be of service, to help get things ready, to ask how they're doing, to make it all about them. Um, and... You know, I still struggle. It's still hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of isms in my house, and it can be um, it can be tough for me to be around them. So you know, I I have to take space. Um, I've had a lot of oh, I gotta run. I'll call you back um, so that I can st- keep you know I can act in the way that like I can be a loving daughter and a loving sister and a loving you know to, loving to all the other people um, in my life. So. But it's a work in progress, for sure. That's my big. Hi, thank you so much for your share. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your um, relationship with God has changed? When I first came in, the one thing that happened for me is I felt for the first time in my life I was going to be okay. Like, no matter what happens, like, I am okay. I felt this whole, like, I just never experienced anything like that. That was my first, I think, real concept of God, and I grew up with a very distorted kind of, like, image. There's lots of disagreement about God and religion in my household, and um, I have made this journey, like, in the last, you know, couple years to this place where, and it's taken off on a lot of different forms, but for me, it's such practice, like, faith is practice, Um, and it's on my knees in the morning and at night, and it's reading, and it's meditating, and it's, like, being in the third step, like, you know, turning my life and my will over to God on a daily basis, you know, I mean, the, that's, it's just a, it's just practice for me, and, you know, the one thing that's, that's changed for me, I guess, is that now when something happens where it's not what I want, 
I always, like, I practice bringing God into the situation, which is, like, God has something better for me planned. And I think, you know, this part of my program will continue to evolve and change because I've been open to God in forms that I wasn't before um, because I had this concept of God that wasn't loving and wasn't kind. And um, I've sort of, you know, progressed back to, like, my origin roots in, in that kind of way. But, you know... Um, for me, it's practice. It really is practice. And just doing those things over and over again. I mean, working the steps, being on my knees, praying. I mean, I am, like, prayer is, you know, is such a gift. And meditate. you know, there's so many different things, and it changes for me all the time. I wish I was someone who's like, I meditate an hour every morning, and but I don't. But I connect with God every morning. You know, I get on my knees, and then I have my time. And, um... I try to connect with God a lot more than that, but it's a work. That's definitely a process for me too. That's it. Okay. Thank you.